Would you take a moment and thank God for all that we've been able to do already today? For the freedom of worship, for the freedom of faith, for the freedom of religion, for the freedom of proclamation. Just thank God that we've been able to do what so many people across all of human history and around the world today couldn't do today. Thank God for the freedom that we've already been able to exercise today. And now, Father God, I pray that you'll show us how we can be a part of that, how we can experience that freedom in an even more transforming way, how we can be catalysts of that freedom in a nation we love, how we can pay forward all that's been given to us, and how out of gratitude for grace, we can be people of grace through the influence you've entrusted to us. I pray that for me and for us on this 4th of July, as we thank you for this country and most of all for our Savior, in whose name we pray, amen. Well, it is July 4th, as you know, but this is not the only significant holiday of recent days. I don't know if everybody happened to see this in the news, news and necessarily celebrate it the way others did, but on July 1st was Bobby Bonilla Day. Did y'all know this? Did you see this? Were you aware of this? National holiday, Bobby, you're looking at me funny, Bobby Bonilla Day. So Bobby Bonilla played baseball in the major leagues, actually made the all-star team six times. And uh, back in 2000 or 2001, there's two different reports on this, in his severance agreement with the New York Mets, they could have paid him $5.9 million at the time. They didn't have it. So they agreed to pay him $1.193 million every July 1st until 2035. He hasn't played baseball since 2001. But he gets $1.2 million from the New York Mets every July 1st until 2035. It's good to be Bobby Bonilla, huh? You know? I wish I was Bobby Bonilla. I want that deep voice in that first video that we did on, you know, well, and I want to be Bobby Bonilla. That's who I want to be when I grow up. Bobby Bonilla Day. And so here's Bobby Bonilla pay, getting paid for something he's no longer doing, right? Well, I bring that up today on this July 4th because I and you are Bobby Bonilla even more. He at one time did what he's being paid for now. We never did what we're being paid for today. Unless you were around in 1776, unless you risked your life, risked your life to sign the Declaration of Independence, unless you fought at Valley Forge, then you and I are Bobby Bonilla. We are receiving what we didn't pay for, right? And it's more than that. It's not just what was done for us in 1776 and paid forward across all those that have served and all those that have died for our nation from then until now. It's just the gifts of the nation itself. Charles Murray, in a book on American exceptionalism, makes the argument that America is unique in a variety of ways. When you think about our geography, we are separated from Europe by the Atlantic and the Asia world by the Pacific and from Canada by lakes and forests and from Mexico by deserts. We have a unique geography such that no nation has ever invaded us. Not true in Europe, not true in Asia, not true most of the rest of the world, but we have a unique geography. You're probably not worried about a Canadian invasion today, I'm guessing, right? From the Royal Mounties or whatever that might be. Unique geography, unique resources in this country. America actually leads the entire world in energy production these days. 
and we could go on and on about the remarkable national resources given to our country. We could talk about the pioneer spirit that birthed this country, not true in so many places. We could talk about the democratic impulse of this country. I have traveled, you've traveled in places that never get to do that, in places that never know what it is like to choose their leaders. There's a democratic impulse for which we should be grateful that we didn't create, but that we inherited. I just finished reading Ken Starr's new book on religious liberty. I highly recommend it to you. In it, he talks about our first freedoms, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom to assemble. I've been places all over the world where that's not true. I could take you to much of the Muslim world. I could take you where I've been in Russia, where I've been in significant in Cuba and in China and in Beijing and places where they don't have what we have today. And the question is why? Why us? Why you and me? Right? Why were we born here? Here is Harris Methodist Hospital in Houston where I was born. Now, there's no plaque there. Probably should be, but there's no plaque there. There's no... Why are y'all laughing? Y'all are... What well, makes me that funny? You know, you know, no plaque says Jim was born here, nothing like that. But, and it, I'm sure it didn't look like that. I have no idea what it looked like in 1958. But nonetheless, why did I get to be born here? Why was I not born in North Korea? Why was I not born in South Sudan? Why here? Why here? Why you? Why now? Why here? Right? That's by no means a perfect world, by no means a perfect country. We're all grieving what's going on in South Florida right now. 24 dead as of this morning, 121 missing. Probably today they're going to have to collapse the rest of the condominium because of the danger of the hurricane that's bearing down. 121 missing. We'll talk about that next week. Where is God in days like that? But even in the midst of the challenges of this country and the challenges of this world, the question is, why us, why here, why now? So, this is Oscar Delier. He is a pastor in Cuba. Some years ago, we had a long-term relationship with him and his church there, and some years ago, he was having dinner at our house in Dallas, and Oscar, brilliant man, a student of history, uh, said to me, I know why God has blessed America. And I thought, well, this would be an interesting take from a Cuban pastor, right? Why God has blessed America. And he said this, I will never forget it. He said, God has blessed America so America's Christians could bless the world with our freedoms and our resources and all that God has entrusted to us. Think about that. Think about the wealth God has entrusted to America's Christians by which Americans' Christians through missions and hospitals and schools and orphanages are blessing the world. Think about God entrusting us with the freedom by which to do what I just said. And think about the degree to which God has blessed America so that our Christians can bless the world. And know this, we can't pay back what we've received, but we can pay it forward. Can't pay it back, we can pay it forward. There's a biblical impulse there. Quick story. <clears throat> Luke 19, verse 1, Jesus enters Jericho and he's passing through. That's Jericho today in the West Bank. That's Jericho in Jesus' day. 100,000 people living there in Jesus' day. Jericho means city of palms. Very, very wealthy, very wealthy city. Jesus is passing through. You know this story. There's a man named Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector who was rich. We've talked about tax collectors before. No one much likes tax collectors even today, but back in those days, 
you were a turncoat, you were a traitor. If you were collecting taxes for the Romans, you could collect anything you wanted, and the soldiers would back your play. And they were, they were the most despised people in the culture. And he's the chief tax collector. He's at the top of the Ponzi scheme. He's at the top of the ladder. He is, has other tax collectors working for him. No wonder he was rich, as Luke wants us to know in the Greek. He was very rich, as Luke says. That's how much he's embezzled. That's how much he's stolen. That's how hated this guy is. So Jesus is passing through, and there's this guy there named Zacchaeus. He was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature, and they just wouldn't let him get there. Wouldn't let him get through the crowd to see the parade as his coming, so he's in the back. Picture him trying to look through people and hopping up and down, can't see any of them. So he ran on ahead. He climbed up into a sycamore tree to see Jesus, for he was about to pass that way. That's a sycamore tree. It's what they look like. You can climb up in them. They've got low branches. It would make sense he would do this. The tradition is, the reason sycamore trees have no bark is because Zacchaeus slid down it so quickly when Jesus asked to stay at his house, as we'll see in a second. That's not in the Bible. The Bible nowhere says that, that that's why sycamores have no bark, but nonetheless. So the story goes on. Jesus came to the place. He looks up and he says to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Knows him by name. You know Jesus knows your name? Jesus knows the sycamore tree you're in today. As he's passing by on this Sunday, Jesus knows your name. First time we see Zacchaeus in the Bible. We don't know if Jesus knew his reputation or had met him otherwise or with just divine revelation, miraculous revelation. Jesus knows his name. And what's more, he says, come down, hurry and come down. Slide off the bark, hurry and come down. I must stay at your house today. He hurried, he came down, he received him joyfully. When they saw it, they grumbled. He's gone in to be the guest of a man who was a sinner. I mean, think of Billy Graham staying at the house of the chief mafioso, you know, or staying at the guy who all the drug dealers work for. They're shocked that Jesus is doing this. But Zacchaeus, after Jesus went there, after they've had this experience, stands up and says to the Lord, behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. Now, in the Greek, it's a present tense statement. He's already doing this. Not I'm going to do it, and maybe he will, or maybe he won't. Right now, his messengers, right now, his employees are already out giving half, and he was rich, half of his goods to the poor. That's what's happening right now, Zacchaeus tells Jesus. And if, and in the if, it's in the Greek, it really should be since, third-class conditional sense. If, since I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. In the law of the Old Testament, he was required to give it back plus one-fifth. If I stole from you, I had to give it back plus 20%. He gives it back fourfold. He can't undo the past, but he can change the future. He can't earn the grace he's received when Jesus said, I want to stay at your house. Jesus didn't say, if you'll pay it back fourfold. Jesus didn't say, if you'll give half your goods, then I'll come stay with you, right? Jesus, by grace, went to the house of this notorious sinner, and in response to grace, he pays forward the grace he's received. And Jesus says, today's salvation has come to this house, since he also was the son of Abraham. And then Jesus explains why he's done all of this. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Zacchaeus' story is not in the Bible for his sake. 
Luke didn't have to write it down in case Zacchaeus forgot it. It's there because it's your story, and it's my story. And on this 4th of July, it's every American story. We can't pay back what we've received, but we can pay forward the grace of God, right? So, how do we do that? Very quickly. How do we do this? First of all, we pray. We pray daily. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions. Praying daily. Praying for our leaders, praying for our country, praying for spiritual awakening, praying for moral renewal, praying for God not to give up on us, praying for God to work through us, praying for our nation every day. That's a present tense imperative. Praying every day. Have you prayed today for America? Will you pray tomorrow for America? And then serve. Serve personally. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. What are you doing to serve this nation? Sacrificially. Last night, Janet and I watched the Tom Selleck movie about Dwight Eisenhower. We'd recorded it some time ago. Ike, I forget the subtitle, Countdown to D-Day or something like that. What it basically tells is the story of the 40 days prior to D-Day and how Eisenhower became supreme commander, and then how he marshaled the forces and how they planned Operation Overlord that led to the invasion in Normandy that eventually led to the end of the war and making America safe for democracy. And at the end of the movie, I get teary-eyed, the last thing in the movie is Eisenhower meeting with the paratroopers who were about to land on the backside of the German forces at Normandy to distract Rommel and the forces enough to allow the invading soldiers on the beaches to gain a foothold. They had talked about parachuting them in so far back they'd be out of harm's way, but that wouldn't accomplish the strategy. And so they had to land them so close to the Germans that the Germans would start fighting them and be distracted as the amphibious assault came on shore. Make sense? And the weather was predicted to be so bad that they estimated they would lose 70% of the paratroopers. Turned out they lost 20%. The weather was better than they thought. 20%. Only 20%. Only one in five killed. But they thought they'd lose 70%. And in the last scene of the movie, it's Dwight Eisenhower meeting with the paratroopers. to thank them for what they're about to do. And I watched that on July the 3rd, and I thought, what am I doing to serve this nation? What are you doing to pay forward the grace you've received? We pray, we serve, and last, we share the gospel, because that is the ultimate hope of all of humans. That's what C.C. Winan saying. That's the freedom that we find in Christ. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The king and kingdom that will not serve God shall perish those nations shall be utterly laid waste. Isaiah 60, verse 12. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. We share the gospel. So on this July 4th, we can't pay it back, but we can pay it forward. Have you asked Jesus personally for the grace that he offers you at Calvary? Have you asked him to forgive your sins and be your Lord and Savior? Have you trusted him as your Savior? If you haven't, July 4th could be your Independence Day. It could be the day of all days when you ask Him to forgive you and make you the child of God. So get alone with Him. Ask Him to do that. Tell a Christian what you've done. Claim the grace Jesus died to give.
Claim the independence that is yours. And then if you know you've done that, pay forward the grace. We celebrate this day by praying, by serving, by sharing. Because God can use you in a way He can use nobody else. So I'll close with proof of that. This is Ronnie Fox. I just learned his story last week. I read his book a couple days ago. Here's the title of the book, Beyond My Strength. Ronnie Fox and his wife Gwen were missionaries, Southern Baptist missionaries, in Peru and in Costa Rica for a large number of years. Uh, came out of Atlanta and Georgia originally and uh, in this foreign field with three children. Uh, tells stories about what it was like, especially in Peru. They were there during a time of very intense terrorist attacks. Their home was broken into any number of times. They were threatened with their lives several times. It's a pretty harrowing account of what it was to serve Jesus, specifically in Peru. And then they come back. They're on stateside assignment. And on April, excuse me, August the 23rd, 2010, Ronnie Fox, back it up to his face, had a debilitating stroke. The right side of his body is essentially useless. He lives in a wheelchair. Swallowing is one of the great challenges of his life. Swallowing. Staying alive by swallowing. And when this happened, and when he lost everything he had given his life to be able to do, at one point in the book, he's very transparent, at one point in his book, beyond my strength. He says he called out to God to die, prayed that he would die. But God had more for him. God had always given him an ability to write and to speak and to communicate. And so he began writing a diary, kind of a blog, with the one finger he could use of his left hand on an iPad. He has now written 11 books with one finger on his left hand on an iPad. He's written 11 books, paying forward the grace that he has received. This is his latest. I recommend it most highly. And I'll tell you what, if he can write books on an iPad with one finger in a wheelchair, what can I do to pay forward the grace of God? That's the question. So let's pray. On this Independence Day, first of all, thank God for your independence in Christ. Thank Him that because of His love and His death and His sacrifice, that your sins are forgiven and you have eternal life as the child of God. Thank Him for that. Now pray for our nation to experience what you just celebrated. For our nation to have independence, not just from Great Britain, not just from tyranny in a political or military or cultural sense, but pray for our nation to have independence from slavery to sin and tyranny of the enemy and to be released by a great awakening in the power of God. Pray for that. And now ask God how you can use what He's entrusted to you. Maybe it's not writing books on an iPad with one finger. But he's entrusted you with praying, with serving, with sharing. Say yes to that. Father God, I agree. These are my prayers as well. So grateful for the grace by which you have saved me. You're saving me. You will save me one day in eternity. In the meantime, Father, help me to be as grateful tomorrow as I am today. 
Help me to pray for this nation as much next week as I did this weekend. Help us to be patriots, serving as fully as those that died for us and were willing to die for us. God, help every day to be Independence Day. As every day we pay forward the grace and the independence that desires in Christ, we pray in His name. Amen. God bless. Have a great day.